And the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. Those words of Anais Nin have followed me throughout most of my adult life. I have not always been able to live them, but I believe them. I believe that there are moments in our lives that are like thresholds, doors set open before us, and we can either pass through them or not. There are all sorts of reasons why we might make the decision to remain tight in a bud or muster up the courage to walk on through. But if you do take that step to the other side, you cannot go back. You cannot unsay the words, undo the action. You cannot put back into the box whatever it is that you let out. Now, there are, of course, negative manifestations of this, right? Moments we deeply regret, words that we never should have said, a decision that was made in the heat of anger or hurt, an act that in the moment seemed so small would remain a secret and it would never hurt anybody, but it wasn't and it did. I don't think we need too many reminders of what those moments feel like. But just as often and just as significant are the moments when we took a risk, chose to do the hard thing but the right thing, or showed our true colors, the depths of who we are and truly feel with another person, to let them in, to give them the most precious gift a person can give, as Mr. Rogers once said, the gift of your honest self. I can think of many such times in my life. The time <laughs> I passed a note to Allison Agee in between the ninth and 10th period in my freshman year of high school, and I told her I had a crush on her. My blood pressure rose about 20 points, and I nearly fainted. The time I knelt at both my grandmother's bedsides in hospice and poured out my heart to them before they died. The time I decided to pack up all my belongings, move across the country, and change seminaries after my first semester because the environment was so toxic and it was forcing me to be someone I was not and I couldn't go on one more day. The time I was finally honest with myself, my friends, and my family about my identity. The time I told Brienne I loved her. There are surely others, but these come to mind because they were all both terrifying and good. They were an expression of something that was always there, but which I had not felt permission to express, either out of fear of rejection or fear of simply being shamed and judged, as Judas did to Mary in our gospel today. The world is not always ready to receive the gift of our honest selves. There will always be those who would prefer the beautiful ointment to stay bottled up in the jar because it's safer there, or at least more easily controlled. But when that jar breaks open, when the costly and fragrant and pure nard comes flowing out, it always fills the entire house. 
For those who are able to receive it as the gift that it is, it is life-changing, transforming, a gift to which you cannot assign a value, a dollar amount, because it is worth everything. None of us will ever know what exactly was in Mary's heart that evening at supper with Jesus and his friends. We know that many of the most important moments in Mary's life, both joys and tragedies, were connected with Jesus. She loved him, and he loved her. But she also paid attention. If you remember, it was Mary who was always sitting at Jesus' feet, soaking in his wisdom. She had listened carefully when Jesus talked about his need to go to Jerusalem. She had understood what the men and the other disciples had not when Jesus said the Son of Man would be handed over to die. Perhaps when she lost her brother Lazarus, so unexpectedly. She vowed to herself that never again would she let the important things go unsaid. Never again would she hold inside the things that needed to be let out. And this was one of those moments. The last that she and Jesus would ever share. It was intensely personal and intimate. And even if no one else understood, Jesus understood exactly what she was doing. She was anointing him for burial. And she was doing it while he was still alive, while he could still receive that gift and share in it, while he could still take it in and indeed be covered in that beautiful fragrance of her love. Perhaps you've had such a moment where every veil was pulled back, no word, no feeling, no touch was held back, and there was nothing standing between you and another person but the truth. You were completely seen in their eyes and they in yours, and you could go forward from that moment, however brief it lasted, with no regrets, no guilt, no fear, only gratitude. What would you give for a moment like that with someone you've loved and lost? A year's wages? That's what 300 denarii amounts to. By breaking open that container, by breaking every social convention and letting down her hair in public, by not allowing that treasure to remain safe in a cabinet somewhere, but releasing its powerful fragrance into the room, Mary was creating one of those openings, a space in which to receive God's gift of newness for her and for all of us who would one day gather at Jesus' feet. And that newness is nothing other than the promise of life in the midst of our death. And for those who might still say that it was wasteful, excessive, a little too much, well, isn't that what Jesus' whole life has been about? Is there anything about his embrace of sinners, his healing of the untouchables, his willingness to break with tradition and to include those who are on the outside, does any of that make economic sense? Does his death, his pouring out of the priceless gift of his own life, a fragrant offering that covers each and every one of us, is that a wise investment? Is it fair? Does it make sense? Grace never makes sense. 
beloved. It never computes, never adds up. It can never be measured by the world's system of accounting in which everyone is supposed to get what they earn and pay what they owe. That's not what we see at the foot of the cross where Jesus shows his true colors, where he lets down his hair, so to speak, and reveals the depth of his love. The living water that still flows from Jesus' side, anointing his children in baptism, the precious blood which still gives life to our dry bones, it is not some transaction that neatly satisfies a debt. It is Christ walking through the door set open for him, saying the words and doing the things that could never be undone, seeing us completely as we are, and we beholding him, the one anointed, but not to rule as a king, only to serve. It is the life of God broken open like that bottle of perfume and poured extravagantly on the whole world. And the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. Oh, beloved, the life that blossoms from this tree in you, in me, in everything. May we never go to our grave with our song still in us, but speak and act and live the truth that God has planted in us and pass with Jesus through the threshold of new life. Amen.